Hello and welcome to Irish Writers Podcast. I am Kate and I am a fantasy fiction writer and science fiction writer and I'm here with Maura. Hello. And Maura has a book coming out. Yeah, um, it should be out today if you listen to this podcast on the 8th of May. This is my publication day. That's exciting. Yeah. So... Uh, tell us, tell us a bit about the book. What is it called? Okay, it's called After the Worlds. It's a fantasy novella. You can, at the moment, you can just it's available on e-reader. So it's on Amazon.com for four dollars and on Amazon.co.uk for two ninety pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only Kindle at the moment, but there will be a print version coming soon. Yes. Yeah. So I can give you the blurb of the book. So yeah. This is you know the traditional yeah, go for it. Paragraph in the back cover. After the war is lost, all that remains is to survive. And when you know what you've done, you can't hope for anything more. Bereft in a hostile world, an orc general struggles to come to terms with his role in the destruction of his people. Running and hiding from the humans and elves that hunt him down, he searches for other orc survivors. When two human wizards finally pin him down in an abandoned orcish mountain fortress, he must use his wits and cunning to prevail, redeeming himself and the magic of his people. Yeah, I've already... Ordered my oh, Amazon uh, version. Yeah, so your, it's, it's been there book. for pre-order for about a week, about a week before the deadline, mm-hmm. so, or a week before the launch. So yeah, it's nice. there right now. It exists as a thing, which is quite weird. But yeah, and so I've I've been kind of doing a little bit of promotion around it. So if you're, I have a Facebook author page set up as well, and I'm probably most active <laughs> on Twitter. So more M A I R E B R O more bro on Twitter is where you can see me. I talk a lot about cake mm. <laughs> and stuff mm. like that. But intermittently, that's where you'll see stuff about the book, um, and my Facebook author page as well. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I've been meaning to ask, mm-hmm. what are your influences? Yeah, this is a question actually that I got asked a lot. Is asked a lot in some of the stuff that I've done around the launch of the book, and honestly, it was really it's really hard, harder than it should. Yeah, be, right? I know, I know. Um, because I know. as as you know from when I was in book club, that I only ever remember the last book I read. Yes. <laughs> so um, I was kind of going, oh, because I mostly wrote this book like more than two years ago now, and. Uh, what was I reading then? What was influenced? But uh, anyway, properly when I properly thought about it, there were kind of yeah. like four categories that really mm. um, influenced. So the obvious thing. So this is a book about an orc. Orcs appear in a lot of fantasy. They predate Tolkien, um, but he's probably the most the kind of most, famous. You know, yeah. He, but like I just to tell you that like I played Dungeons and Dragons. I played Warhammer as well. You can see like orcs commonly seen in in Warcraft, and they're always mm-hmm. depicted as this. Um, really othered kind of savage creature. Sometimes when I'm reading talking, I find the class divisions very interesting. Mm. And a lot of his descriptions of the orcs are they're like mean mechanical people, people who do things with their hands, you know, people who work for a living. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, some people unlike those elves who just lounging around <laughs> judging everyone. Just making music yeah. and um yes. And like it's I'm, play, I'm currently playing an orc in a, in a game I'm, I'm as well but he's a totally he's not like this orc at all he's really different <laughs> um, so uh, yeah and, and I suppose the, another kind of thing Pratchett of course has in, in his late in, in quite a late book of his has as, as an orc character uh, an unseen academic also is actually his first first time an orc appears but he's a sympathetic character he's um he's not just a sympathetic character actually he is 
he's like a genius, you know, <laughs> he's like a, the most civilized, mm-hmm. polite person. He's a, he's a little Paddington bear, really. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so it's not like this is the first notion of a sympathetic right. orc, but um, I suppose this orc is still quite vicious and quite ag- aggressive is probably the wrong word, but um, has a military background, as, you know, mm-hmm. has been in the war. He's not like a nice, nice person, but he's also not a cardboard cutout either. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah. that's one of the big influences. And I read lots of fantasy. You, we both mm-hmm. do, you know, yeah. and yeah. Um, like, obviously then, you know, there's so much fantasy built on like those giants of, of establishing fantasy. And I've read so much of it over the years that I literally can't even remember how much I've read. Right. Except that some of those <laughs> we were talking about and I'm like, oh, I read that. Or, you know. <laughs> is this familiar now? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, so orcs have a, are really like a, I mean, I suppose like elves or dwarves or whatever, there's a standard mm-hmm. like un- understanding of what they are. And I just wanted to play with that a little bit. And to, to move away from fantasy, although I'll come back to it. Okay. actually a lot of it is fantasy. Mm-hmm. The, in terms of storytelling, I've read a lot of Margaret Atwood. Yeah. And yeah. it's not that this models it entirely on that, but she she's written a good few first-person mm-hmm. stories that use memory, so, so that the stories aren't necessarily chronological. Um, they use memory to reveal parts of the plot and to right. colour things in and to... To some extent, I mm-hmm. use that in this because mm-hmm. you can do that in first person in a way that you can't with, um, you know, uh, a narrator that's all knowing or, yeah. um, necessary. You probably can a bit with third person, but not as much as you can because it's so natural when you're, you know, even thinking inside your own internal monologue. You don't think you don't wake up every morning and explain Chron- who you are. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think chronologically. No. Your your memories. Yeah. Just kind of jump back at you, and and you kind of all over the place, yeah. really. Yeah. So and I think. So I I kind of think those structures really influenced mm-hmm. how, like, why I I mean I I was I'm always shocked at the craft of Margaret Atwood actually. For, yeah. Like yeah. that kind of drip feeding the story in a way that doesn't become boring and frustrating. Right. 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 But has just enough of curiosity and and it's not she's not every book of hers written like that but a good few are like yeah. alias grace and the blind assassin and there's a few of it them definitely mm-hmm. and and always that like it's something about your emotional journey with the character climaxes at the same time as your understanding of the story and the plot i think yeah. which is okay really clever and really yeah. Yeah. Um. And I, I don't think I've done that here. <laughs> We're clear. But I, I, I have used that tool whereby it's memories and flashbacks mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sometimes hallucinations that fill in right. more of the story. Um. And yeah. So I think that that's probably she's probably a big influence on me and on writers okay. like that. Then I was kind of mm-hmm. like a book that really stuck with me so much so that I made the book club read it. Oh. It's Andrew Davidson's The Gargoyle. Okay. Um, I think I... Where was I? I wasn't... Oh, maybe you were, but I, it's such a funny book. I wasn't book. around for that it's, one It's a first reason. novel, and it's an astounding first novel. Mm. Um, but, I hate that. <laughs> but it'll make you feel better. He hasn't written anything since. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's sure not he, the royal. I'm sure he's written loads, actually, but he hasn't published another novel. <laughs> so, But it's... Um, what's wonderful about it, and I, I kind of... Or, so it's a story about a man who's been extremely badly burnt and he, um, mm. um, this woman comes into his 
hospital one day and tells him that she knows him from a past life and tells him this really epic story of their series of lives together and she knows mm. things that she shouldn't know about him and all but what's really for me astounding about the book is it is this incredible balance mm. I genuinely don't know what genre that book is in right really yeah yeah it, like it's one of those things where it might be true like it might be a fantasy book mm-hmm. it might be a book mm-hmm. about these two lovers who know each other through all their lives or it could be a book about a man with horrific in- injuries and this crazy woman he met one day right right like so you don't and really I know it's and and most books like we a mm-hmm. lot there's a lot of magic realism there's a lot of yeah. fantasy urban fantasy that, mm-hmm. that but I've never read one that that like so straddled that balance yeah right and how that influenced this book is there's a good chunk of it because it's the first person there's a good chunk of it that might only be happening inside the protagonist's head mm-hmm. right so right. I, you know um i don't want to i don't want to spoil it so i'm not going to say but there are so like relationships for example <laughs> that may not exist mm-hmm. you know um and they might. I don't. I want to say that they do or they don't. But I. I. I think I really took that from the gargoyle. I. I love that. It, I didn't feel like the author was coming down one way or the other. I think mm-hmm. the author was, um, sympathetic to a notion that there's more than one version of the truth, maybe, mm-hmm. and, um, that both had real value. And it's mm-hmm. it's a, 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 again another crafted novel <laughs> yeah. where I really admire that fine balance that's a very hard thing to do um yeah. and so I guess I I played a bit with that I played a bit with it and, I, and like I said like, I think I mentioned in a podcast before mm-hmm. we talked about it like there's a bit of that in talking like with the elven magic you know they're yeah. talking to each other but they're not you know yeah um and okay. uh yeah so I I use that a bit um hmm. yeah so, yeah, yeah. I, again, it's a really funny. We started to read it honestly, and everyone had. I started to read it, and I thought, "Oh God, this book is awful," and I kept reading it, and and then I thought it, it was absolutely marvelous. It has a very quite uh, visceral beginning. Okay. Um and actually, everyone well, in book club it's... thought they picked up the wrong book when they started to read it as oh, well. Oh really? But actually, yeah. it's it's so worth it. It's such a good book, um, and yeah, and that that I thought was so interesting. Hmm. Um, yeah, and the sort of fourth area that I, when I was thinking about again, I suppose they're books basically that I made me really think when I read them, you know, like all of those yeah. are things that stuck with yeah. me that made me think about, not just because I, I get pulled into a, a story and I stay in the story and have great fun and that's it, mm-hmm. and sometimes I don't think about it again, right. but sometimes, and sometimes a book is very well crafted, but I don't enjoy it so much, Yeah. but then when I enjoy a book... Better. And you can see the craft in it as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really actually thinking about um, another, again, another long book. that um, My book is so short. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's a bit different, but it's back in the fantasy genre. Susanna Clarke's Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Okay. So even though I, that's about an alternative history of magicians in the Victorian period, right? right? Um, and it's very... It's about as far away on some level from fantasy as what I wrote. But there's a magic in it. It's all about magic. Mm-hmm. And obviously there are rules to the magic and all that. But it is a dark and unpredictable magic. Mm. And it's really um, coloured by human emotion. Or when I say human emotion, I mean just real emotion. Mm-hmm. So there's magic in my book too. But it's not convenient magic. It doesn't... 
Yeah. It doesn't do what the users or the, the well, it doesn't do what my protagonist wants at all. <laughs> but it doesn't, nope. you know, like, and, and I, uh, um, obviously there's a notion, there's always magic and there's always rules to magic, right? That's a real core pillar mm-hmm. of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes magic rules can just be very um, predictable, I guess, or, you yeah. know, they're yeah. like reliable in a way. And I liked the way, even though, she's talking about powerful magicians who mm-hmm. have incredible abilities that no one else has had. They, it still affects them and it affects them not just magically, but also emotionally. In- emotionally. Yeah. She has a book of short stories as well. Cause it's an enormous book called the ladies of grace that you, I think, you know what? It's a bit nasty. And mm. I think it's a nastiness a little bit that I actually really, I really, I love a bit of nastiness, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the, na- in this quite like, what could be a quite twee environment, what could be a quite nicey, nicey gentleman music, um, yeah. magicians, there is this viciousness in the magic. Kind of cutthroat. Yeah. And, and in the people. Competition between Yeah. But the there's two? also like a level of like cost and maybe you don't pay the cost, but maybe someone, someone you care about does. does, you know? Yeah. Um, that's, that's uh, actually... Yeah, it does kind of stop to make you think yeah. that decisions can actually have an effect not only on no, yeah, you, on you. Yeah, and and, uh, and like she plays others. very well with Victorian social mor- yeah, norms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this. anyway, I I would recommend if if you like a long fantasy book, which <laughs> and I we do. do here, yeah, we do, <laughs> um, we definitely, I do. really would recommend that. But there is also she also has a book of short stories that are very related to the characters in this. I mean, the amount of work in this novel, it is an incredible preview. It has footnotes to books, footnotes to books that don't exist. Like footnotes to history books. There is like a practically oh, a bibliography. She'd made she's oh. made them up. Yeah. Yeah. She's oh, made a whole prehistory of this that is I mean that, it's not it's totally different to Tolkien. Like the, the story is written from a um as almost as if it is a textbook retelling mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. and there are references in it and the first time that really confused me it took me a while to get into it because I was really was I supposed to be reading these references mm-hmm. and because it was written academically and I think I was writing my P- or writing my PhD at the time that I was like ah yeah you know so I, I think I took a break from it the first time I tried to read it because it's yeah. maybe too similar to yeah, it's just a you're... bit kind of like confusing and mm. but anyway but it, mm. it, I would certainly recommend reading her book of short stories because it has the um has some of the background to have this the Raven King in it but I just there is like um, yeah there's a bit of nasty there's a bit of viciousness in the magic while still being um, like in a, like they're not savage I mean they're savage in one way but they're mm-hmm. not I guess it's within civilization mm. that it's there and I suppose like I like that I like that I like that complexity mm-hmm. of something um, and I think that that would that really coloured um, how I thought about it, how I think about fantasy and what you yeah. can do with it yeah, and how you can actually use it to really um, I want to say cudgel the reader <laughs> <laughs> but really um, punch quite hard in an unexpected way mm-hmm. as opposed to be just being like a vehicle for ima- the imagination mm-hmm. of the writer you know mm-hmm. um, and I think yeah so she uses that really cleverly and so I really thought actually that probably had an influence yeah. on me too and what in what in what specific ways I think just I think just the costs and consequences of magic I think the unpredictability of it mm-hmm. and 
and magic is a power and it changes the way people think mm-hmm. so having a power would change the way you thought about everything mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I mean and I think that like magic is something to obtain and there is there's plenty of fancy writers who write yeah. about magic something to you're obtaining an item you're obtaining it mm-hmm. but I think what's interesting is she plays with how it, it, changes, it changes you you, you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that that's something that's that's there in, mm-hmm. in my book as well yeah yeah anyway yeah so you those were those were the influences I thought of that probably actually did profoundly affect her work. yeah I can I can yeah. definitely see um see how how those have affected um particularly the first person yeah um i don't know why it just keeps coming back because we've talked about like we're not huge fans of first person writing or or i'm not and but but for this but i do i've read um a recent book a series of books that was written in the first mm. person and I saw why it needed to be and yours I see why it needs to be as yeah, well yeah um and I liked the fact that you're you're reading this from the perspective of per- like you kind of you're not picturing at first you're not picturing an orc yeah yeah but then when you realize <laughs> yeah I mean I'm this for, is, for a long time I didn't mm-hmm. say it was an orc till mm-hmm. quite deep into the book. That's right. Yeah, I remember. Um, and uh, is my editor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember. remember. <laughs> um, and I think I actually do think it was a really good, uh, incredibly um, good idea. Like I suppose I was being a bit coy, but I wasn't being fully coy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think she just yeah pointed out that it could be just kind of confusing rather than yeah, yeah. clear. And actually, then I found myself that there were loads of places to, to bring it in further. But I think, you know, first person makes you see through their eyes rather than look at them. Yeah. And sometimes that's useful for some stories, you know. Yeah, especially not... because it is from an orc's perspective. Yeah. And you're seeing his emotional journey yeah. through this. Uh, yeah, and I find time. that that's... Even, even though obviously you can do emotional journey in the third person. Yeah. Um, it's, it's something something to do with how we relate to the eye as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. like we we we're more pulled in i think you're just you feel like you're listening to yeah you're inside the head the I think. story the, yeah. like somebody's sitting you're sitting down with somebody yeah. and they're telling you yeah yeah it's about more their, personal. their life yeah mm-hmm. um naturally without it without much you know yeah, yeah. But yeah, I like you know I didn't make that many active decisions about when I was writing when I sat down to write this. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I go, oh yes, yes, I thought it through. Um, but probably like a lot of other things, you know, like I knew I wanted to write about evil characters or an evil character. You know, the the the, the hurdle is relating to them. Right. That's the hurdle, like mm-hmm. making. So- if you put a person in the first person, they are automatically sympathetic. I mean, sometimes, obviously, someone's just in the first person. You go to the book and you hate them, yeah. but that's probably not what the authors want to trying do, to do. No, you know, and, yeah. and and like that's the hurdle I think with someone who is bad to sort of like. And the thing is, I think we nearly all relate to, you know, we share common emotions, we share um, common 
processes. Like, we all worry about things. Well, for the most part. Apart from something. <laughs> but, like, even people who, who do bad things worry about some things that are similar, have a similar worrying mm-hmm. process, say, than, mm-hmm. than we do, as we do. And um, so even the familiarity with, oh, that's the, yeah. that's, these are my subjects of concern, makes you relate. Like, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, so I knew I was, I knew I wanted to be inside the head of a, of a bad guy and I wanted to sort of explain not explain because it was but but show the process of the yeah. thinking and um, kind of make it clear what they were going to be worried about but I thought it was I was going to do like a little mean bureaucratic mid-level angry wizard or something like that who, <laughs> who was trying to eke his mid-level to the angry wizard yeah because I, I kind of didn't want to write about the big bad you know right. I wanted to write uh, like and I, I I have said this somewhere else that like it came about honestly it came about because we were talking in a D and D campaign about running. I was supposed to be my return in a while, and it takes ages to prepare a D and D campaign. And we had been talking about running an evil campaign. So you kind of have to have either you can have good, neutral, or evil characters, and you mm-hmm. kind of have to if if well, everyone kind of either has to be good and neutral or evil and neutral. And the game is really set up to be good or neutral. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we had talked about running evil evil character campaign, and one of the start places to if you're going to write a campaign is to write the story mm-hmm. so I thought oh I better start, I better write this story <laughs> down that obviously fell by the wayside and I decided it was all too hard and <laughs> uh, I never did it but it got me thinking because then when you're playing D&D you start at you're like a low level you're not very powerful when you start yeah. so you have to think about characters that can be evil but like you know, I don't know, 17-year-old evil. <laughs> 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 not very powerful, not very knowledgeable, not very strong, <laughs> but evil. Um, you know, and you have to think about their motivations and what could what could they want, you know. And uh, and funnily enough, for D&D, you have to figure out why they would work together as well because mm-hmm. it's a collaborative mm-hmm. game. So I, that is what I was thinking about when I thought, oh, I'll, I'll write something. And then NaNoWriMo, I just kind of launched into this. I've been in I've been in the head of the bad guys, but in a very fantasy, very silly <laughs> fantasy context. <laughs> I've been thinking about um, motivations of, of bad guys, and yeah. that led to this this story in a very very typical me, very uh, a series of choices that maybe don't make sense. <laughs> but here we are now, um, yeah. So so that's kind of how I got there. But yeah, when I thought about, it, I thought, oh yeah, I can see why I I wanted to put. I maybe almost subconsciously put in mm-hmm. like certain aspects or approaches or something, you know. Yeah. Well, it's very entertaining. Well, it is. Thank you. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put that as my main quote in the back cover. <laughs> so you will be very entertained. Yeah, it's it's short. It's a, it's a novella. Um, unlike most epic fantasies, it's funny because it is listed under epic fantasy in the. In, in, I think the, in, in one of the, somewhere on Amazon, <laughs> uh, I think that's really funny because obviously epic means big, sweeping, long. <laughs> yes. you know? but it is very much in the genre of epic fantasy of epic, yeah. and yeah. the high fantasy and heroic mm-hmm. fantasy. But it's just from the point of view of an orc mm-hmm. after the apocalypse. Yes, or you know, after a battle in Warcraft or Lord of the Rings or any of those yes. like big battle endy, good guys versus bad guys. This is you know. Three months the, later, or whatever. The, the aftermath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's such a common trope in fantasy to have these mm-hmm. big kind of civilization versus civilization battles. Mm-hmm. And this is just what? after that. Yeah, I also like the little bits of humor that are 
that are kind of thrown in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, uh, this is probably as serious a book as I'm ever going to write. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised at how serious it is, but obviously parts of it are still silly as well mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm me and, you know... I, he argues with trees. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. Is that, you know, it doesn't. Maybe I should have written more arguing with trees, but it entertained me. I don't know if it would entertain someone else, <laughs> but I, I just like it's in Tolkien an awful lot, and it's in the other kind of deep fantasy things. How the land doesn't like the orcs, just hates them. Mm-hmm. You know, the trees don't like them. The ground, the land, the land wants rid of them. Yeah. And I just thought, I'd like. Orcs are supposed to be descended from elves, you know, so they should have a sense of the nature and surroundings. And, like, I just wanted to play with that. It must be a particular type of experience to be, you know, to be in, in a world in, that tells you get lost all the time. And then I just <laughs> thought there there have to be parts of the world that don't, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just thought, imagine the trees were always like... And whispering. And you'd be like, up yours, trees. They're going to tell on you. Yeah. They're going to find you. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm very fond of trees, which you wouldn't get from this book. I just thought, I think, you know, like... I mean, trees are used in horror quite a lot because of the voices in trees and the whispering in trees, you know, like to freak you out. And I just thought, like, he's seen everything. Like, he's Mm -hmm. seen all the horror, you know. He's master of the horror, really, Mm -hmm. you know. And so he's not going to be totally freaked out by a tree, but he might be annoyed by it. So, (laughs) So, you know, yeah. So I kind of personified it. And again, that's back back to the stuff from the gargoyle or whatever, that may or may not be. Mm-hmm. That could be just in his head. Like, it, it doesn't, yeah. you know. Yeah, you, there's you no don't know. There's no third-party witness there to no. be like, and then the tree said. I just thought, that, you know, how, how, is, how is it that we... How is it that the elves understand the earth? Like, you know, are they having a conversation? Or is it just a vague sense feeling? Yeah, so hmm. I, I like that. Yeah, that was fun. I yeah, I really enjoyed that too. I like it when he gets annoyed. He do, like sometimes, yeah. you know, because he's, you know, he's going through something. He's going through something. <laughs> he's definitely <laughs> he's going, going through, through something. Um, and every so often, like, I, and I, th- I think that's the sort of um, whenever I've gone through really bad points in my life, um, it's just the oddest things that kind of pull you out. Yeah. You know? Like you know like I can't think of a good example but like you know just getting annoyed at something stupid that happens all the time like you know like I don't know I give two fingers to my phone quite a lot when the alarm goes off that mm. I have set you mm-hmm. know yeah so like uh, and obviously it's an inanimate object you know? <laughs> sure <laughs> like I literally sometimes give it two fingers you know and I just think like how how um I think when you're in despair um, sometimes you think it feels like nothing will ever override yeah, that. Yeah, and everything is going against yeah. you. Yeah, and then yeah. in a moment, like, like, like we, there are times you feel like you'll never laugh again, and then five minutes later you're literally laughing at something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because there are other impulses that we have that are, mm. that override sometimes, and for him, it's annoyance. He gets annoyed, you know, (laughs) (laughs) because he's used to being the big I am. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, while obviously he's he's struck back to his his bare bareness and that still comes out every so often. And I like to play with that. That was quite fun. You know, Mm -hmm. Kate's going to do a a reading. 
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, unfortunately, Kate does amazing acting out of everything. She's incredible, but we couldn't video it. But someday we will dress Kate up as an orc, and, and uh, she will, will act she it will out. Act it out, and it will be a smash hit somewhere, mm-hmm. something blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> but she did it on location <laughs> in New Zealand. Yeah, we'll film it there. Sure. And <laughs> I'm, I feel like we could film it at the park across the or road. Or we to could be film it at the park. There's you know the double mountains or yeah. Behind us. Um. Yeah. So just to, for you to get a little snippet of it. The journey was tough, but not as bad as I had feared. Nothing could be as bad as I feared. I still survived, and it was somehow refreshing to walk through new places in the cool dark. Shelter was scarce, but not impossible to find. I rarely found anything as good as the cave, but when desperate, trees could be cut and bound together to make rudimentary shelter. Of course, the trees didn't like it. But when did they do anything other than complain and gossip? Bloody trees. They never shut up. The light still burned me through the makeshift shelter in some places, but I found that I could bear it. The darkness of the cave had let me grow stronger than I'd realized. Not strong, but stronger than a creature that leeches along the ground, and strong enough to bear small bursts of the day. I remembered when the day held no fears. I remembered... The memories came back with my increased health. They were a hard burden to bear. Some days I could not sleep, and my past decisions taunted me and burned me far worse than the sun. If only, if only I had. The cool night brought some ease, and I remembered my people, how they grew and prospered, and I remembered that not all my decisions Their bright eyes, their growing ambitions, and how I helped them see the world in a new way. A world that could belong to them, that they could own and shape. No longer tossed around by heartless tides, victims of circumstance, victims of steel and silver. Victims. Oh, the irony. It wasn't lost on me. But their shining eyes were worth remembering for all the pain it brought me. There was glory there, and redemption, and truth. It was not false like my iron will. It was real and solid, like the skeleton inside a man, or the pit inside a peach. The foundation of all things we did. Sometimes, the journey made me nostalgic. It brought me back to my youth. I had nothing then, less than nothing, really. I was a vacuum, sucking in everything around me. Did I even have thoughts back then? I was both innocent and not at all. I knew so little, but I was full of blind ambition. That sort of directionless zeal. I knew I wanted to be someone and go places, but I didn't know who that person was or where the places were. Everyone seemed so dull, somehow blunt. I felt sharp, a creature apart. I would cut through everything in my way. I would make the path. I was a creature apart again here on this journey. Like those days, 
I was both hopeful and fearful of who I might meet. Back then, it was someone to learn from, someone to join, or someone to fight. I feared discovery, and yet I longed for it at the same time. I longed for someone to look at me and know me, to see the sharpness and all I could be. As I walked on this journey, I longed for recognition too, but I knew it would be double-edged. I wanted someone to share the grief and the loss with, someone who understood, but that would also bring condemnation. After all, I was surely to blame. The thought of those piercing eyes looking at me with blame stopped me in my tracks. The world began to swirl again, the way it had on the night she left. I dropped to the ground, experience telling me I would end up there anyway. I was still capable of learning some things. I sat on the ground and remembered the cave and my aversion to leaving it. I placed my palms flat against the dirt as I sat. I pressed my fingers into the mossy carpet. I listened, and then I heard. You are not welcome here. We have healed. We don't want you back. What did the ground know? What was it but earthworms and dead trees anyway? This is what it had come to. The ground thought it could have an opinion now. I pressed my fingers harder. The moss didn't long resist my nails, and soon the tips of my fingers were embedded in the earth. By daylight you will be found and slain. We will tell. We will shout. This ground is seriously delusional. The sun must have gotten to it. The ground shouting like anyone could hear. The day creatures were no better friends to the ground than me. In fact, they wouldn't even listen to the ground. At least I was listening to you, you stupid ground. Leave! I dug my nails in further and clawed them. I tore out a lump with each hand. I held them in front of me, moss and soil and insects. I squeezed them, and bits fell through my fingers. Bloody sod was defying me these days. It would be enough to make you despair if I wasn't out the far side of that already. With bad grace, I threw the clumps of sod against the surrounding trees. Give them something to complain about. I rose to my feet and walked on. I had no interest in this ground. Rocks had better sense anyway. Give me an angry mountain any day. Well, thanks again for listening and... Uh, you can find us on irishwriterspodcast.com. Yeah, on Facebook and on Twitter. On Facebook and Twitter. And, and iTunes. And, and, and iTunes. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, yeah, I uh, hope to... Well, we'll be back again soon, and we will have yeah. Kathy again. Yeah, we will. She's still around, we just haven't got her... I, I, when we see her now, we're too busy catching up rather than... Uh, yes, she's a busy recording. woman. She, she is. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.